Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, on today's episode we're going to be talking about how to interact with influencers because that's been a really popular topic lately and it's kind of becoming more popular. So I have a guest with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. My name is Emily Potts and I'm a senior account executive at 834 Integrated Communications here in Grand Rapids. Okay. So what what exactly do you guys do here? So we're an integrated communications firm, so we kind of handle anything under the communications umbrella. But um, our sweet spot is when we do a fully integrated campaign, meaning that all of the tactics are working together and supporting one another. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to just a public relations campaign, we also have a digital team that's you know, running digital ads, working on website and SEO, um, social media being pulled in, graphic design, mm-hmm. all of those elements playing together works Um, creates a lot better results than if you were to just do one tactic alone. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what is influencer marketing? So to me, when I think of influencer marketing, the first thing I think of is Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think that platform kind of launched the whole idea of influencer marketing. Um, There's always been, you know, celebrities endorsing products or um, giving testimonials, but I think once the whole visual idea of Instagram came to be, um, it, it really was kind of the launch pad for that. And so I think influencer marketing to me is you, you find the right person that matches with a product, a service, um, a brand, an idea, um, and who has those types of people following them that would also be interested in that mm-hmm. product, service, brand, or idea. So I think it's become really popular because it's a visual way to communicate with different audiences and people trust people that they know or that they feel like they know so as opposed to just an ad on tv with uh, random actors when you follow an influencer on you know instagram facebook you feel like you get to know them because Mm -hmm. you see their everyday lives so when you see them using a certain shampoo or a certain dog leash you know you kind of think oh well i know them and so i trust them and it it kind of builds that relationship even if they actually have no idea who you are (laughs) it feels like you can trust them their decision making. It's kind of the way that they post on their own social medias Mm -hmm. and kind of the way that they they share parts of their life that makes you feel so connected. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you find influencers that best fit your client's product or service? Right. So it takes a lot of research. Um, There are a lot of influencers out there and there are some that are not right or that have fake followers and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I think the the best start is, let's say you're working with um, somebody on a a hair product, Uh, searching around the popular hashtags, finding those and seeing the top posts and seeing where those are coming from. And then usually if you look around um, for a while, you'll start to see the same people popping up who are kind of the big players. Mm -hmm. And depending on the your client's budget you know sometimes it might not be realistic for them to work with you know Chrissy Teigen or something like that but um if you find somebody who um is kind of has a number of followers that you think it would be realistic for you to reach out with the budget that you have I think that's one way to do it and I think um googling around too there's a lot of times um big publications will write you know roundup articles about the top influencers you need to be following or check out these um 10 recent posts from these influencers. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, Google is your friend and then looking up those hashtags and looking for the top posts 
um, or seeing that the people you know ones with less followers they'll tag higher up influencers in their posts hoping to get you know shout outs or things like that so um, that's a good way to find people too okay what's the ethical um, or legal standard for influencers disclosing that they're influencing a product and service right right that has been going back and forth for a long time I know there are certain rules where it has to say sponsored Mm -hmm. either the hashtag or hashtag ad Um, I don't know the exact legal or the law right now, but I know that Instagram really cracked down. I think it was last year. Um, They actually sent uh, notes to a lot of people saying, you know, like kind of a warning. Mm -hmm. Um, We understand that these are paid promotions. And if you don't put hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, um, it is misleading. And there are laws in advertising where, you know, the general consumer needs to know um, that they're being served an ad. Um, and a lot of times too, now Instagram, obviously you've probably seen at the top where it'll say a paid partnership or a sponsored post. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think they're kind of rolling that out. And I think Instagram is figuring it out along the way too. Um, they probably didn't realize that they were going to be, become a huge ad platform when it started. It was just, you know, sharing pictures of your friends and now they're one of the most powerful, um, ad generators and obviously they're owned by Facebook who um, is kind of walking that path too and figuring out when you have to say that it's a sponsored ad and when it's in your Mm -hmm. newsfeed and um, there's a lot of different aspects I imagine that would go into it but um, you just have to figure out once once you uh, run those ads you just have to figure out what the actual rules are based on what you're doing. I, I think just recently I realized that like, I don't know, the Kardashians would always post yeah. about, like, this sugar bear hair. Yep. And I was like, do they really use it? You know, is exactly. it... Because they wear wigs, so who mm-hmm. knows if it's actually a genuine Right. Use. Well, that too, I mean, well, I love The Bachelor, so I'm sure you've yes. seen all the girls with the sugar bear hair or, like, the flat tummy tea, I know you mm-hmm. mentioned. But I think, too, with, you know, the Kardashians, you mentioned the sugar bear hair. If you have a consumer that's wondering, are they actually using it, then you probably chose the wrong influencer mm-hmm. because... If it doesn't align perfectly, I mean, some of these, the bachelor girls or whatever, they have this luscious, wonderful hair and you think, oh, I want to look like that. But like you mentioned, the, if the Kardashians are wearing wigs all the time and you're like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's actually working or are they just doing it for the money? So you really have to find somebody where when a consumer looks at it, they think it's genuine, something they're actually using. Mm -hmm. And then it's a really good alignment. So they willing to take out their credit card and pay for something. Well, I've noticed that a lot of them now have been saying, well, I'm actually using this product. Like, I took this today or blah, 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 blah. But then they also say that it's an ad. So then it's like they're trying to to show, hey, I am getting paid for this, but I also Right. I think that's kind of an awkward thing they have to deal with because anytime I see a sponsored post or something, I kind of – I almost roll my eyes a little bit because it's like – I know they're getting paid for this. I know mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of what happened. I know that they had somebody reaching out. I know there was a contract drawn up, all of these things. But there are times when it's done very well that you almost don't realize. I mean, there might be the hashtag sponsored mm-hmm. then or hashtag ad. Um, and, and that's kind of the line that you have to find is where it seems genuine and trustworthy and not just, hey, I've never – or like let's say a – fitness person was like hey this is my favorite type of donut you'd be like wait a second like Mm -hmm. when it just doesn't align it kind of has that you know dissonance where it just doesn't feel right so yeah yeah seeing somebody when you're like I bet they actually use that is that's the sweet spot yeah Mm -hmm. I um 
there's this girl that I follow on Instagram and she just posts videos of her like with different outfits and mm -hmm. she just kind of poses in them right and it started out she just posted her own outfits and just it was her own content and right. now now she's getting sponsored by different companies and so mm -hmm. the whole post will be a haul from a certain right company yeah. yeah it is it is strange when you notice that somebody must have signed a contract with a certain brand and you yeah. see it popping up constantly in their stories mm -hmm. you know everything and and sometimes when you follow an influencer, you want to see their everyday life and not have the ads involved. And you can see that in the comments when people will say, oh, another ad or mm -hmm. you've sold out to this person. And, you know, I think I think that's kind of a fine line because this is their living. They, mm -hmm. That's how they make money. But um, they have to make sure that they're still providing content that isn't sponsored yeah. um, so that people don't think that they're just following a continuous stream of mm -hmm. ads. So as a PR professional, mm -hmm. how do you make sure that you're not being annoying with your influencers? I think depending on the type of campaign, if it's an ongoing thing, you need to make sure that you have kind of a content calendar or something where your your information or your product would fit in nicely mm -hmm. um, and you're not badgering their audience. Um, you need to make sure that you know, depending on, it, you could look at, you know, seasonally, if it's a, you know, if you're working with somebody that has sunglasses, you're not going to want to push those all year round necessarily, right. or, you know, you want to tie in with relevant, timely topics, you know, whether it's like the holidays or things like that. Um, and it can't be, you know, or if you represent a coffee brand, you can't have your influencer posting every single morning. It has to be like genuinely um, you know, kind of interlaced in their other mm -hmm. content where they feel good about it too. Yeah. You said that lately you guys have been using influencers. Mm -hmm. So how has that been for you? It's been great. I mean, I've had a lot of experience, you know, when I worked in Chicago, we worked with a lot of influencers with hotel brands. And, um, so I've had quite a bit of experience with it while it was still kind of rolling out before there was any hashtag sponsored hashtag mm -hmm. ad. But, um, I mean, influencer marketing is huge. If you're a communications company, you have to have an experienced team that's ready to work with on that. Um, I, I, you know, we've wrapped up a couple recent campaigns that were really successful. And it, my biggest thing is you just have to be so detail oriented, you know, with the contracts that you're working on, you know, mm -hmm. if you have to have the legal team look at it, um, making sure that you're setting reminders for yourself to find the content. If you're working with an influencer and they're going to be posting on their Instagram story, you know, those only last for 24 hours. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure they could screenshot it and send it to you if you really need it, but you want to be on top of it. Make sure that you're, and making sure that the information they're posting is correct. Because mm -hmm. if yeah. it's been out there for 24 hours, it disappears and something was wrong and all these people saw it. Um, so you want to be like on top of it, see it, you know, within the hour that it's posted. And if something is incorrect, you know, if they use the wrong hashtag or tag the wrong company, mm -hmm. you need to be able to respond to that and very quickly. Um, but usually, like my suggestion, obviously, is to have, you know, one cheater or something very detailed of this is the hashtag, this is the tag, this is the type of messaging you should use. Um, so I think if you're really prepared or over-prepared, the way mm -hmm. I'm very type A, so I have all my <laughs> sheets and... Um, then I think everything should run smoothly. Sure. 
So what is the process of actually getting in contact with an influencer mm-hmm. and then developing that relationship? So I think a lot of influencers that are willing to work with people will either have, you know, an email in their bio on Instagram or in their about page on Facebook or their on their blog website. Mm-hmm. Um, so that usually is the best way to get in touch with them. Some of the bigger players will have, you know, maybe a manager's email or a company that they work with. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go to that website and find, you know, the person in charge of that specific talent. Um, so it's, it's a little more difficult. And then if you're working with, you know, higher up celebrities, you're going to have to find the talent agency. You're going to have to probably call, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be speaking with them directly. Um, so as their followers increase, it becomes a little bit more difficult to get in touch with them. Um, and as you get uh, to hire people too, they're much more picky about the types of brands or companies that they work with because they clearly have a very set, um, brand that's working for Mm -hmm. them. So they're not going to throw it off by you know, taking, you know, some brand or quick 250 bucks for them. They're going to be really focused on. um, So I think reaching out to them, you know, having a really tailored pitch, making sure they understand what you want from them, what they would get out of the uh, collaboration as well, um, whether you're looking for it to be a paid uh, partnership or, you know, when I worked with hotel brands, sometimes it would be, you know, well, you can stay for a whole weekend and we'll give you the whole you know, spa package and all this stuff. So okay. um, there's different things, and a lot. it takes a lot of negotiation. Once you reach mm-hmm. out and they're, you know, into the brand or something, you have to then, there's probably 20, 30 emails sometimes back and forth on what about this, what if we include this, or what about this price. Yeah. Um, so it's it takes a lot of negotiation too. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite part about using influencers? I think once the content actually runs, um, that's really satisfying because you know how much work went into it, how many emails and contracts mm-hmm. and everything um, went back and forth. But being able to find that final post or blog post or Instagram story, things like that, and then being able to show the client. And then when you see the comments from all their followers rolling in, like, oh, this product looks amazing, or I just bought mine, mm-hmm. or I'm going to stay at this hotel next weekend. Those things where you can physically show or see that and show yeah. it to your client, this is working. Um, I think is really tangible because in public relations, if you know you have an article run in a magazine, we know the value, but sometimes it's hard to show somebody. You can't see the comments rolling exactly. in on it or people physically pressing, I like this in a print magazine. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it just really shows clients ROI when they see all of those positive comments and feedback. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think of it like that, but definitely yeah. to be able to see all of that instead of just having the data there like oh but this reached this many people exactly yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for building influencer relationships I think once you work with somebody and it's successful and you know that you will eventually have other um, you know clients or brands that would be a fit keep that uh, relationship going you know reach out to them once in a while and say hey I have this in the pipeline would this be of interest to you or can you let me know other types of brands or products that would be of interest mm-hmm. to you um, so that they know? I mean, I've worked with several influencers who have, you know, regularly then reach out to me and say, hey, are you working with anybody right now that would be a fit for me? Because, you know, they, yeah. they that's their living, so they need to make sure that they have partnerships. So um, being gracious and kind to them. I know some people roll their eyes at influencers and think, oh, what an easy life. But, you know, it's a business for them too, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, negotiating contracts they're dealing with emails they're making they're crafting blogs and content and making sure their seo is right on there you know they have a lot going on too so it's not just they're flitting around the world snapping a pic once in a while it's and they have to uh, edit their photos to make sure they're perfect and that their um the squares on their instagram look good together so it's 
um, I think understanding and valuing what they do will help you out in the long run too. Do you have any advice for somebody that wants to go into PR, just in general? There's so much different stuff, but I think (laughs) my biggest thing uh, that's helped me is just being really, really organized. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, when you're pitching press and reaching out, you can't forget who you've pitched. You can't um, forget that somebody doesn't like emails and they only want phone calls. You have to remember all these different things about different members of the press. You have to be able to make detailed lists when you're pitching nationally. You have to organize all the upcoming earned media you have to find the pieces that run I mean it's just like it's like a big dance honestly Mm -hmm. when I think about it Um, and once you get organized and make lists and um, then you kind of get in a rhythm but I think being very organized is probably my biggest advice okay yes off the top of your head can you think of any time that you've seen an influencer done really really well that you were like wow that's like that's a goal yeah I think, so I follow Leslie Murphy from, she's a bachelor, she started on The Bachelor, but Mm -hmm. she is like a travel influencer, so I see her um, post with these hotels, and her shots are stunning, and she'll tag the hotel and everything, but it seems really genuine when Mm -hmm. she's doing it, because she is very into traveling, and her pictures are just so, like, it makes me want to go there immediately, and it's not so in your face with a product, you know, right in the camera, and Mm -hmm. it's just... I don't know. I think th- there's a reason she has millions of followers now, and she didn't go the whole, the whole sugar way. bear hair care, whatever that's sure. called, or flat tummy tea. She kind of took it um, in a different direction than a lot of the people did from The Bachelor. So I think influencer marketing people just immediately think of The Bachelor people because they've really taken advantage of it. Definitely. So um, some you can tell they have a, they have an audience for a little bit, and as they become less relevant, the product quality that they're repping <laughs> kind of goes down a bit too. But um, I think I think she's done a really good job of finding her niche, and then um, I think people that work with her, hotel brands and travels and airlines, mm-hmm. um, she does a really good job. So when I think of influencer marketing, I think of a lot of feminine products. Mm-hmm. Are there different ways that you can incorporate male influencers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, well, I was just thinking about it. my boyfriend is really into camping and traveling and hiking mm-hmm. and things like that. So his whole feed is, you know, um, professional hikers or things like that who are getting, you know, Patagonia is giving them North Face, REI, okay. like they're giving them all that gear. Um, so it's kind of funny to look at our feeds that are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and I kind of had to explain to him, I was like, you know, that person probably got paid for that, right? And he's like, <laughs> oh, it just doesn't, you know, dawn on people that aren't in this industry. Definitely. So I think there are influencers for anything you could think of. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, male stuff like that you want, or um, sports, um, movies, anything that you can think of. There will be somebody that's kind of the leader in that. In that industry. Yeah, yeah. even if it's a really small niche, you know, there's going to be somebody, you know, somebody that sells hardware tools, you know, hammers and screwdrivers, something like that. There's going to be somebody that's showing off, look at my new stuff Mm -hmm. that I got. So, yeah, I think there's, if you look around, you will find it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was fun. I think influencers are just, I mean, they're out there, they're mm-hmm. real, they're happening. Yeah. So. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. Mm-hmm. They're taking over traditional advertising for sure. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA. And check out the show notes for this episode 